listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 121. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Daryl Stinson, former D1 collegiate football player and entrepreneur, to discuss his story of adversity and how he overcame the struggles of transitioning out of sports. Daryl went from being an elite collegiate athlete with a promising professional career ahead of him to a lost and confused individual due to a career-ending injury that ultimately led him down a dark path of suicidal thoughts. Through this crisis, Daryl has dedicated his life to provide mental health resources to transitioning athletes through his company, Second Chance Athletes, and a commitment to a life of service. This TEDx speaker and motivational mentor is on a mission to inspire and serve the greater good. would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. If you're interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile, and it's great for plyometric and high-intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the Mass Suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products, and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Daryl, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Besides, you know, being locked down and, and being sequestered in my home right now, which which I understand why we're doing it, but I'm feeling great, man. Today's been good. Man, that's good, man. I'm excited uh, to be talking with you and all of our listeners today. Man, I, I, I'm really excited just because your story is um, it's all about adversity and it's heartfelt and what you're doing for people and athletes being in service, man, that's, that's the best role in the world is to be in service. And I can't wait to have you share that and, and share your mindset and your journey, man. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> so before we get into your story and all the cool things that you're doing, um, let's talk about something that's dear to my heart, which is mental toughness or okay. being mentally tough. So you know, as an athlete, as you were a D1 football player, as an entrepreneur, uh, as a speaker, when you think of mental toughness, like what does mental toughness mean to you? The ability to endure when there's nothing left. That's mental toughness to me. When everything in you wants to scream and quit and whine and complain and give up and throw in the towel, your mental toughness kicks in and say, Go when you have nothing to give. <laughs> mm. That's mental toughness. That's when you really tell what you got in got inside you. 
Yeah. So, so I'm, in, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of enjoying some of this uh, COVID stuff again. With all respect to people who are at risk, I've got family members who work in, in healthcare. Um, some of them um, are quarantined. Some of them um, are are only having two hours of sleep, and and so uh, you know they're they're working around the clock trying to really um, calm things. But but it, what's interesting to me, and, and probably you too, since you talk about mental toughness a lot, is to to watch watch people at, from a week ago who were like, oh, it's cool, quarantine, it's fun. And then you start getting to a week later, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm freaking out. And then it's like, if we go another week, we get to see who, what people are really made of. And right. so to me, <laughs> that, that's what mental toughness is about, man. It's, it's really, it's really finding, finding that inner strength and finding that mentality that's going to help you. And I, I think, man, I've listened to some of your episodes and, and there's so many tactics and strategies. I think that it, it's not, and this is just my philosophy. It's not something that you have and I don't. It's something we can develop. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's not like I was born mentally tough. Actually, I was pretty weak. I, fo- <laughs> football taught me mental toughness. Yep. <laughs> I, I was a basketball player. No disrespect to the basketball players listening, but I was a soft basketball player. I call it following everything and through playing street ball and then football and then college football. Hey, I tell you, uh, my, my coach was Butch Jones. He's at uh, Alabama now. Sorry for people who hate Alabama, but um, he, he, he is like king of mental toughness, man. He found a way to get people to go when they had zero left. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's what it's, that's what it's about, man. It, it's something that can be learned. I always tell people this, it takes the same amount of energy to be mentally tough as it does to be mentally weak. Oh, yeah. I the love same that. Because every time you talk about mental toughness, they're like, oh, well, it's not that easy. I'm like, yeah, it is. I'm like, you're, you're, you're doing the opposite right now, exerting the same amount of energy, being negative, quitting, entertaining thoughts about what you can't do, your limitations. If you just shift that energy to be positive and uplifting and, and to find what works for you to, to just pull yourself forward that extra 1%, that is mental toughness. Oh yeah, man. I'm fired I, up now. All right. That's why I want <laughs> to have you in the, sh- the show. <laughs> I love it. I love Put it. Your, turn your headphones down. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because and I've said this, you know, multiple times on my show, uh, and, you know, and everyone has a just a different perspective on mental toughness, which is great. That's why I asked the question. But for me, it's it's when we're faced with making that that decision to go, to keep going, to be mentally tough. It's it's through typically a a pressured or stressed out or chaotic time Mm -hmm. and in the middle of that whatever that crisis is or the or the how what the chaos looks like or feels like it it, it's an emotional hurricane whether Mm -hmm. if it's in you or outside of you so how do we actually get in the middle of it in the eye of it where it's calm and so and that's where we get into the breath it's how we how we get into the breath and when you think about words like grit and resiliency uh they're all interconnected to mental toughness Mm -hmm. so it's uh I just love the idea of, of like you even said it like, you know, we're talking about the energy of being negative mm-hmm. and, and saying, you know, you want to quit. As soon as you say you want to quit mentally, guess what's going to happen? You're going to quit. You're going to quit. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that keep you going, like when you have that inner dialogue, that negative inner dialogue, or you have these emotions that are negative, you gotta you got to empower yourself in the moment to speak to it, like talk to it. Don't listen right. to it. As soon as you listen to it, you're in the effect of it, and guess what? Whatever a negative emotion or negative act or whatever is not going to be positive is going to happen because you're listening to it, but you got to talk to it, man. 
Yes. That's, that's, men- that's being mentally tough, too, is having that good self-help talk. Oh, absolutely, man. Geek yourself up. Get yourself hyped. We understand it from music, but we sometimes we don't get the power that we have in our own thought life. You know, before uh, an action even becomes an action, it's a thought. Yeah. And so we can go ahead and we can we can determine the thoughts that we think. We can determine the level of energy we wake up with. And, and even if we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, guess what? We can we can delete the tape that's playing in our head and we can put in a positive one. And not just positive, but a powerful one. Yes. Something that's going to help us to produce the results we want out of life. Yeah. That, that's what's crazy, man. You, you know what I love about what you just said was when we talk about positive self-talk, which, yeah. you know, yeah, man, that's, there, there's, there's self-talk, there's positive self-talk, and there's negative self-talk. But there's also powerful self-talk. Yes. And that's what, I'm, and that's what you're talking about, and that's what I'm tapping into. So, and there's a difference, man. Like, there's something about being positive, cool. But mm-hmm. when we talk about powerful, I mean, what powerful. it really, yeah, powerful. Like, what it means to you, like how it connects and, and allows you to thrive and get inspired and motivated. Man, we can yeah. keep on going on this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. All the time, man. And I actually switched the handle on my Instagram channel to Stinson Speaks because... Uh, it was just distance in 97 is my football number, you know, and I was like, you know what? I, I wanted to be speaks because I want people to know that I speak life. I speak power. I speak energy. And 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 that's what I want them to come to my page. I, I said, I'm hoping to be the most encouraging profile online because I want them to scroll through all their news feed and I want them to see, you know, tips and, and, and negative news. And I, then I want them to see me and be like, I'm on fire now. Yeah. Like I just got life spoken into me. So <laughs> you, we have the ability to do that. And and the thing is, man, that I would just say to people is find what works for you. You know, because oh. I've seen people try to like, 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 uh, you know, they get you like a list of declarations and I have them, you know, downloadable PDFs on, on, on you know, on my website or whatever that are positive affirmations you can speak um, to to develop mental toughness and to just uh, speak life over yourself. But it's it's where it really gets impactful, where it really where you really start to see the results. It's when it's personal and and custom tailored to your life, your situation. Yep. And I can tell you how to identify it. Find the thing that you want, but you're afraid to go after. Mm. Like they talk about uh, your goal and then your stretch goal. Like yeah. <laughs> find that stretch goal that makes you go. I, I don't really know. I don't know if that's possible. That that that's. You know, that's a little too far. Boom. And start declaring that over your life, over your family, your finances, your business, your your athletic performance, whatever. Yeah. And and, and watch what happens. Totally. Totally, now, you, man. You know what you know what happened? You know, I, I don't know uh, where everyone is on a faith perspective, but I'm a person of faith. And I remember talking to a, a Hall of Fame athlete and um, I was in a church revitalization project. And um, <laughs> it was 17 people. Everyone was 65 and older. Not that age is, is bad, but it's it was the mindset that was bad. They didn't want to grow. They were mad that we moved the pulpit. <laughs> like, and we <laughs> and we were trying to revitalize, reach our community, do all this great stuff. And it was not working, man. We couldn't get a, a person in the building to visit and check us out. Our facilities were outdated. It was just like there's so much to be negative about. And then. I remember just hearing this voice go off in my head when I'm getting ready to meet with this Hall of Fame athlete uh, because I was trying to bring him in to speak. And and the voice goes, man, if you talk to him about your problems, he's going to think you're a project. But if you talk about if you talk about the possibilities, he's going to see you as a partner. Mm 
Oh, wow. Do you see the difference? Yeah. And so, and, and because people who struggle with this concept, it's 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 almost like so you just want me to ignore all the real stuff that's going on in my life? No, I just no. want you to focus on all the possibilities. Yeah. Because when you focus on possibilities, people see you as partners and not projects. Yeah. Totally. And that's how you create positive change in the world. That's how you achieve dreams that are beyond your wildest imagination. That's how you shake the earth. Totally, man. Totally. All right, man. I'm, I'm, I want to steal the show. I want no, I'll, man. Well, well. <laughs> man, you're you're preaching the, the mental gospel there, man. The positive gospel there. So that's good. A new Instagram handle, mental gospel. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, it's it's funny when you come from, you come from possibility. You you're actually allowing you've created space, emotional space in your body, for you to actually look at something with 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 possibility. When yeah. you don't, when you look at something in a narrow in a narrow way, or you're tense or you're negative, you don't have a lot of emotional space to make mm-hmm. the best decision or see something in a positive way. Yes. So the more that you actually are allowing yourself, you know, you're forgiving yourself, uh, you're, you're coming from gratitude, uh, you're letting go of a lot of your mistakes. You know, that's that's a whole different conversation too. That that creates a lot of space for you to actually see things from a possibility standpoint. Absolutely. And, and we're going to get into to reframing because you know you you've talked a lot about rejection and how that's been part of your story and also my story as well but how reframing reframing mm-hmm. also allows us to come from possibility too yeah absolutely because we have to learn how to process things and and athletes should understand this more than anybody on the face of the planet because after every game, after every match, we watch the film and we go, where did I err wrong? Can I change my stance? Can I, can I lower my shoulders? Can I breathe differently in order to perform a little bit better on the field or, or in the game or whatever? And, and that's what I'm talking about. Reframing isn't, isn't done so without intellect. You, you assess you get the intellect you need, and then you reframe it, and you make it a proper conclusion. Because what happens when you face any type of rejection is you just start making conclusions. Oh, well, I, I, I got rejected on a sales call because my product isn't good. Oh, I got rejected um, you know, by my spouse because I'm not in the best shape like I used to be. Oh, I got rejected by uh, this, this business relationship I was trying to create because something's wrong with me. Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a type a personality i'm not a d on the disc assessment or whatever and you start right. just making stuff up <laughs> and what you need to do is go pause let me re- let let me process this let me watch the film let me think about where this person's coming from let me think about what what my offer looks like to them let me really dissect this totally. to the tiniest degree in the detail and then let me make the right conclusion and it's almost always different than our initial reaction. And the more we do that, the, the better we can make real-time corrections. So if you're cranking out 100 sales calls and you've developed this, you know, if you go listen to your calls and you develop this mentality that I'm going to reframe the rejection I'm experiencing, now you can make those adjustments in real-time a lot faster because you've already trained and developed those muscles in your brain. Totally. Big time. Yeah. man. And, and we're, in a second here, we're going we're gonna to dive deeper more into... Uh, rejection, projection, uh, and protection. Um, yeah. Because I, I think it's the whole reframing is a skill. Like you, you definitely have to 
you have to spend some time with that to understand yeah. the assessment and, and understand, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're allowing to be projected onto you is, is literally out of your control. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have control of what, what comes in your personal space and, and you can get it out. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. It's your responsibility, but you, you can't control people say, you know, yeah. you realize what you can control, what you can't control, and you and you really feel good and confident in staying in your lane, man. You're going to be more confident, more focused. You'll be more purposeful, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And there's a part of me that wants to dive right in here, but <laughs> but because because of your your story, because of your athletic background, and mm-hmm. you played at a very high level, yeah. And I know the mindset that you I can only imagine the mindset you had, the dedication mm-hmm. you had for the sport. So. When you think about the mindset you had as a football player, describe what that mindset was and how did that mindset help you either transition out of sport or transition into a more healthy life? Because you had to go through some stuff because you left the game of football. Okay. All right. So it helped me. All right. So I think one of the greatest things that helped me reach a high level in sports is having high expectations of myself. And I, when I speak to teams, um, I often talk about, um, I do this training where it's like championship mindset, I think is what I call it. I've switched names like four times, but it's, it's this story of how we won the MAC championship at Central Michigan University. We were ranked, I think, 23rd in the nation as a MAC team that's like really good because you got to like basically have a perfect schedule yeah. <laughs> and all right. win all your non-conference games in order to get that. I mean, granted, we had Antonio Brown and Dan LeFever and some really great NFL players and me, haha. But anyway, <laughs> um, and Eric Fisher's number one draft, draft pick. But oh, that's right. Um, so we went from that, and and our personnel was deep, man. Like like people, I, I feel like that team has some of the greatest athletes that, that you'll never hear their stories because here's what happened. The next year we got a new coach who came over from Michigan State and through leadership change and different philosophy and and picking the wrong scheme and, ch- and changing the culture, we went three and nine. Wow. You go from a championship team to a losing team with wow. great personnel. When we went three and nine, we still had a number one draft pick. I was still on the team. Some <laughs> athletes were still on the team. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it wasn't like we just lost everybody. Um, we still had a, a quarterback that has an NCAA record. So it's it's like we weren't like out of luck, man. We weren't. But here's what changed. The culture, the mindset of the team, the yeah. expectation changed. So here's one thing I say. I say everybody in our conference was saying Mac champs. One, two, three, bring it in. Mac champs, Mac champs. Everybody was saying the same thing. They had the same expectation. But when we won the championship, you know what our expectation was? It wasn't to win the MAC championship. It was to be top 25 program in the nation. Mm-hmm. And we knew in order to be top 25 program in the nation, we would automatically win the MAC championship. Right, right. We had higher expectations. So very practically, how do I get to an elite state in my life? Have higher expectations than everybody else. If everybody else wanted to meet sales quota, you have a higher expectation, a higher sales quota. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if you shoot higher, you'll land higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that simple. And it's like we're so afraid to think that big because it scares us. But you know what it does? It pulls the best out of you. You know what? You train differently when you're trying to be top 25 than when you're trying to win the MAC championship. You train differently. Totally. And, that, and that's why the mentality of elite athletes is that I'm going to be the best in the world. Do we know that there only can be one best player in the world? And even in that one best player, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant or LeBron James right now or whoever your favorite player is, do you know that 
they're really not the best player. The best player is some somewhere locked up in prison. He's somewhere that never got an opportunity. He got kicked out of school because he had a bad attitude and decided to be a drug dealer or decided to work in sales. Like, like that's the like, we all know that like deep, 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 deep it down, but we're all trained as if we're gonna be the best athlete ever. Right. And we're supposed to have that mentality because that is how you pull the best out of you. That's how you rise to go further than you ever thought you could go. So that that was something I always had working for me. When people when people when I was in high school, I remember people complaining about workouts and I'd be like, man, don't y'all want to go play in college? What do you think a college athlete would do? When we, when people were complaining about college athlete workouts, I said, do you think if a pro came in here right now that he'd be complaining about the workout we're doing? No, he'd be crushing it. So why are we complaining? Mentality. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that helps you to perform at your highest level. It's the same thing with work problems. Stop complaining about, look, if you were out of problems, you'd be out of a job. <laughs> right. You are called to be solutions to solutions to problems. So while everyone else is complaining and, and, and about processes and systems, how about this? How about you make the process you have and the system you have work? <laughs> totally. Totally. Mindset. 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 And two things that I think, um, you know, and I, I simplify this, but as far as us humans being on this earth, two things that I believe in is that we're here to connect, create community. We're also here to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Man, when you're not when you're not solving problems, man, it's um, a lot yeah. of things can happen. A lot of things can happen, right? Yeah. But but also the mindset you're talking about, man. It's uh, you know you talk about setting that standard, you, you know. And again, I've Michael Jordan is my dude. Like he's when it comes to like the best, like when I, the competitor and yeah, work yeah, out. absolutely. But Kobe, man, like you know, I've read, I've, I just watched his, his video yesterday, actually muse. Um, there's a video on him and I read his book. I finished his book the day before he passed, um, his Mamba mentality book. And so I feel really fresh with, with data, Yeah. but, but when you're talking about like that mindset and high standards, like to be great also, you need to go find out who else is being great. What are they, what are the great things that they're doing? And that's what Phil Jackson told Kobe, like, Hey, if you want to be the best player, you yeah. gotta start. You gotta start reaching out to all the best people and find out what they do. Absolutely, you, you, you know? gotta master the game. You you gotta <laughs> know the game because it slows it slows the real game down. The more you learn from others, the more you study what's working. The more you study your opponent. Um, if you ever want, uh, read the Art of War, um, if it's like if you if you know your opponent and you know yourself, you rarely ever gonna lose a war. <laughs> But if you don't know yourself and you don't know your impo- opponent, you're in position to lose every time. Yep. And, and so, uh, you know, I was addressing high expectations from self and knowing self, but knowing the game is equally as important. Studying your opponent, studying what's working, um, not just to to mimic, because that was my only thing with Kobe, is I felt like he he mimicked uh, Jordan too much. Uh, you know, it's, and, and which is why, you know, if I had to pick, I would pick Jordan because... Yep. You know, he did the fadeaway for Kobe ever did it, you know. And so, uh, you know, no, again, I love Kobe. Um, but but uh, yeah, man, um, it, it's all about studying the game, knowing yourself, knowing your opponent and, and, and bringing the best out of you. So I agree, man. I agree. Well, how, how is that mindset? Now, again, we can start talking about transition and, and I. I'm glad we're talking about transition because, you know, transitioning out of sport or transitioning out of anything, transi- transitioning out of a relationship or a company you worked for for a long time, 
there are thoughts and emotions, identity. There's a lot of stuff you have to deal with when you transition. And mm-hmm. transition doesn't have to be a negative thing. It can be a great thing. It could be a, a mindset of, I get to do this. I get to transition out. And you and I have a similar uh, story of that. We didn't have really a, we didn't choose to leave the game of football. Our bodies yeah. kind of made that choice, right? Yeah. And we had to deal with some other stuff in the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. But with the mindset you're talking about, how did that help you when you were transitioning with football or when you had to go through some some adversity? How did that mindset help you like to find more of a healthy life? Man, I, so I, I'm going to attack this from two angles. Um, let me preface it with saying that no matter if you're current athlete or you're recently transitioned or you've been out of sports for like 30 years and and this is going to apply to you because i my foundational belief is that we're all we're all going to experience transition whether it's major or minor mm-hmm. i think we're always in transition we're always evolving the way you the way you lead a company at 10 employees is much different than how you lead it at 100 yep the way you lead a company with a thousand clients is 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 much different than you lead it lead it with ten thousand clients. Yep. You have to transition. So 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 the two things I was gonna say is number one, it helps you on on your mindset, having an elite mindset, a high performance mindset, a positive mindset, a powerful mindset helps you uh, survive the the challenges that will come in transition, figuring out, making mistakes, not knowing what to do, to speak in faith when you have doubts, like, 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 like that, that, that rough terrain of transition, yeah. your positive mindset will help you to survive it until you start to thrive. Uh, but on the other side, for me, and this is where it's just me, I, I learned how to tune my internal dialogue off like just numb it and just and just be a leader and be be encouraging and perform and perform and perform and when sports got taken away from me I could no longer hide my internal brokenness behind my external success mm. and it actually is what pushed me into depression because I had so much stuff that I never dealt with you know, in the name of just perform, right? Like, just just win the next game, just make all conference, just make it to the league, like chasing the next high. And I know athletes who transition out of sports, but they're still chasing the next high, right? The next profit margin, <laughs> you know, the the next right. client. It's like you you just you 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 always. It's like you 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 forget about you and you sacrifice you on the altar of success. And I don't think you have to choose between self-care and success. I don't think it's like now that now now it's time for self-care. Now it's time to be successful. I don't think you have to choose. Right. I, I think self-care is a part of success. They go hand in hand. The better you take care of self, the better, the more successful you'll be or the more possibility you have to be successful. And so for me, it just that mentality actually worked against me because I had pushed so much stuff down that I never dealt with trying to be mentally tough. And, and, and now I, I reframe that. Now I don't believe that mental toughness means you, you ignore what's going on internally in order to perform externally. I think it takes just as much mental toughness to, uh, you know, run a mile when you only got 
you know, 500 meters in you as it does to open and share about how you feel about your life to somebody else. And I think athletes and former athletes just got to get better at this, man, because we we're used to being in the forefront. We're used to leading companies. We're used to being leaders. We're used to being respected. We're used to being interviewed. And and it's like we don't want to show anybody our scars, our weaknesses and let people know that we struggle. But you can have both and still be respected. Totally. You can. I had a post on, on, on my on my Instagram uh, yesterday. Uh, I said today was tough, man. I said I gave I gave faith to people that I didn't have. I gave strength to people when I didn't have it. Like I, 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 I talked to people that I could do anything for. Like you're in a, like you're, somebody's quarantined for 14 days and, and it's a sucky situation. They're quarantined with their babysitter who they just met. And it's like, it's like, this sucks. <laughs> I can, I can, I can maybe, you know, like uh, there's nothing I can do for you. You just got to ride this one out. And I don't like that. That sucks when I can't help people. And And I said, um, as much people as I encouraged today, I, I still came home feeling like, man, I, I got my own worries, my own doubts, my own, my, my company's taking its own hit, you know, and it's not either or it's both. And yeah, it's both. And, and so, you know, I, I know that's, that's kind of a, a little bit different than maybe what you were expecting in terms of an answer, but I just think it's so important because I don't want people, uh, to, to, in the effort of trying to be mentally tough to, to have terrible self-care. Right. That's not the objective here. So that's just such an important note for me, because if I give you, you know, three high performing tips, everybody's going to take that and run with it and chase the next high. <laughs> and, and I want you to be successful, but I want you to to, to do so and, and be OK. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm sick of hearing stories about, you know, people who reach this high level of success and then they just they just lose it all because they never took care of them. Their relationship's terrible. Their marriage is terrible. Their children, uh, their relationship with their children is terrible. Like. Like they don't like themselves. They drink and do drugs to get rid of their problems. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Let's reach the top, but let's reach it in a healthy way. Yeah. All right. Totally. <laughs> totally. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because there's, there's going to, there's going to be a couple of questions here that are going to surround, uh, rejection and, and, and also how you had to deal with rejection. But for me, it, it was funny when I left the game of football, I was, I rejected the whole, I mean, being a quarterback, right? I, I lived a pretty cool life. And I started, when I left the game, I was pissed off and frustrated. And I didn't get the chance to, to make the choice to leave the game. The game told me, you're done. And and so then I started getting really upset and pissed off. I didn't know how to deal with those emotions. And I started dealing with some mm -hmm. identity situations. Like, And when I mean rejection, like when people were like, Hey, dude, let's go talk about that time when we threw and when we the records we broke. And I'm like, no, I'm no. And mm -hmm. I was rejecting, I was rejecting. And I rejected it so bad where what it did, the rejection made me play my life, played a small game. And I was playing mm -hmm. a very safe and narrow game because I didn't want to compete like I used to because I couldn't compete because my body was broken. So I spent mm -hmm. two decades going, since my left, since my left leg is broken or not working, then the rest of my body's broken. And then when it took mm. me, I was almost 38 years old when I realized, oh shit, I have the rest of my body that's actually can work. Mm -hmm. I can work around this. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time. Wow. But 
my whole life now is about playing a big game. and But it's not about playing a big game of money. It's about being from possibility. It's about affecting people's lives, coming to service and sharing my energy. Mm. That's my game. And my and what's happening in the last six years, man. Mm. And, and I, I don't do the whole what if game, but if I were to, if I would have done this years ago, mm-hmm. man, sky's the limit. But sky's the limit's right now. Right. Greatness is right now because right. I'm in the present and I'm here, right? Yeah. So, um, but I had to deal with that rejection and I had to deal with a lot of, um, I think there were some negative belief systems that had been around that allowed me to easily get pissed off and move away and not want to talk. Like, it took me two decades to finally tell you I'm an athlete. Wow. I felt like when I, yeah, I couldn't tell you I was an athlete. What do you mean I'm an athlete? I can't even, I can't even play basketball anymore. I can't even like, I can't yeah. do athletic things anymore. How can I be an athlete? Wow. So now I'm like, yeah, man, I'm an athlete. Mm. <laughs> took me a long time. So. Dude, that's crazy. Why? Why? Why do you think it took you so long? Um, I think, you know, when you're, when you're playing a small game and you're playing and you don't have a lot of variety in your life. So to me, it was just getting promoted and selling. That was mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing a guitar. So I, I, I moved my energy into, into being creative. But, you know, I was, you know, I've masking with with marijuana and, and mm-hmm. when i say drinking i didn't I never never got too deep in it but it, that was part of the equation mm-hmm. um so but when you're foggy headed for i mean shit man 10 years went quick when you're stoned mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and then uh running away from it um it i think that's why it took me so long and then when i was handicapped for four years from my first uh surgery mm-hmm. that was when when i couldn't walk i couldn't clip my toenails for four years i couldn't tie my shoes Jeez. That's when I started to go, man, like this is happening for a reason. So I got to a point where I, I was like, when I got to be quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. I was like, I am redesigning my life and I'm going to reignite this competitor, this warrior spirit now. And that's when everything changed. And that's when I played wow. a big game. Wow. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. It's, glad, it's, uh, well, glad you're fighting a good fight, man. Glad you're playing a bigger game now. Totally. Absolutely. Well, what about yours? Like, you know, share a little bit with my listeners, you know, when when you hurt your back and and some of the dark periods that you had to go through and and how you overcame them. Oh, here we go. Yeah, (laughs) open that door. Um, So, man, um, you know, the short version is, you know, just like every other athlete, uh, for the most part, who starts out playing and they recognize that they're they're good. um, I wanted to be the best in the world. I wanted to be the next, you know, Michael Jordan. I wanted to be uh, the best and, um, uh, had a lot of talent, a six, five, uh, ran a four, four, um, 40 laser time and, um, uh, had a lot of promise, man. Um, and I actually got hurt my freshman year, my mm. freshman year. Um, so I burned my red shirt against the, uh, uh, university of Georgia, uh, blocked the field gold. Um, that's my only stat that game. <laughs> and I just got hurt. I was trying to impress the upperclassmen how strong I was. I got hurt. Uh, and um, and because I'm tough, I'm like, man, it's all right. Um, I'm st- still keep going, even though my body is telling me telling me no. I did that for <laughs> three months. And then I looked at my left leg, and I noticed it was jello. My right leg was rock hard. And I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? Uh, I got an MRI had a pinched nerve that I had had for three months and I had it for so long that I had to have an emergency back surgery or else my left leg was going to go paralyzed. Wow. 
the must the nervous the nerve damage was going to be so severe that they couldn't repair it. Mm. So I had emergency surgery, man. Like uh, Dr. Shell from um, Saginaw, thank God for him because he he came in and did my he his calendar was booked for three months and he came in and did my surgery like the next day. Like that's how serious it was. So anyways, I had the surgery and then he's like, all right, so you got the golden ticket. You got a full ride scholarship focusing your education. But for me, sports was not what I did. It was who I was. So I signed a liability waiver to be able to keep my career alive and play the game of football because it was my identity. It was my God. I didn't know who I was without it. And I wasn't prepared to face it. Um, and so it wasn't that I didn't think that I could be successful at something else. It's that I didn't think I would love anything like I love mm. or sports or being an athlete. Yeah. And so it was that mindset that just pushed me into this, like, let me just do whatever I need to, to, uh, to play the, the game of football. And so I put my body through two years of, of just hell. I, I, I took multiple epidural shots in my back. I found a way to manipulate the healthcare system to get opioids. I developed an opioid addiction. Uh, yeah, I was getting chiropractic work seven days a week, physical therapy, seven days a week. I was getting nerve killings. I was getting, uh, acupuncture. I mean, anything to just numb the pain and keep going. I was doing, and I managed to uh, earn a starting position and still have some pretty decent stats. Um, but you can look at my film and be like, this guy's in severe pain. So going into my senior year, uh, I was taking so many opioids that every time I made contact on the field, my nose would bleed. And the coaches and the athletic trainers saw that something was wrong. Like, this guy's nose is bleeding way too much. And I told them it was just allergies. But after a while, they were like, no, nah, something's wrong, man. Whatever you're doing, we're stopping you. And they shut me down. Wow. Uh, and at this point, you know, my nose is bleeding. And, and I got this permanent hunch in my back because, you know, of all the contact. And I'm hurting, man. And 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 so uh, they terminated my liability waiver and I had to face depression. And the thought of living a life that without sports was just it wasn't a life worth living for me. And so um, I, w I got suicidal and I went from 275 pounds to 219 pounds in four weeks trying to starve myself to death. I would mix alcohol and uh, pills and get in the car hoping that a car accident would end it all. Uh, you know, uh, I remember swallowing a whole bottle of prescription pain medication, hoping not to wake up the next day. And these attempts at suicide is what landed me in the psychiatric unit. Wow. And while I was in the psychiatric unit in Detroit, I, I found faith, I found hope, and I developed this belief that my life had purpose and meaning beyond sports. And, um, I started to chase that dream. It took me about three to five years to really find something that I was in love with more than sports to where I wouldn't trade my current life for my former life. It took me about three to five years. I talk about it in the book that I'm writing. Um, it's in the publishing phase now. Uh, that'll be out later this year. Um, I blog about it on Second Chance Athletes. Um, I speak about it. And, um, and now I help other people fall in love with their current life just as much as they were love, in love with their life as an athlete. Because can, can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? Can you imagine uh, getting divorced? Uh, I don't know if you're married. Sorry. <laughs> I, no, I am. <laughs> okay, okay. Can you imagine like getting divorced and getting married to a, your your another wife, and then telling your new wife that man, I love you, but I wish I could go be, be with my old wife. <laughs> it, it, just imagine that. Like, how would that work? Right. Yeah, thousands and thousands of athletes out there that that's how they're living. They 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 might be work they might be leading a Fortune 500 company, but if they could go be an athlete again, they'll do it in a heartbeat. Totally. And to me, oh no, that wasn't worth living. 
not not second best life. And and I had to get to a place. And and part of it, part of it was becoming elite again. So part of what we love about being an athlete is that we dominate. Totally. And when you start at the bottom <laughs> in transition, <laughs> it's you know, I tell this like like I, I told this uh I, I write about it in the book and I talk about it every time. I say, you know, one of the skills that I, I knew that I had or people told me that I had, I didn't believe I had it, was speaking. And here's the deal. I sucked at it when I started. I couldn't put two sentences together. I was not interesting to listen to. People don't believe me because I speak so well now. <laughs> but I have footage. I have proof. I have video footage to go. I, and I press play and I show them. They go, yeah, dude, that sucked. <laughs> That's right. And, and so um, I, no wonder I didn't like my life because I sucked at it. And so I had to put in the hours, improve my craft, and get good at it to the point where I'm like, man, I love this. Let's do it. I walk in the totally. room and blew it up just like I walked in the stadium and blew it up. Totally. So part of part of coping and transitioning and dealing with that stuff is 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 learning how to become a lead again. Uh, so and we do that in our coaching process, second chance athletes. We actually coach them through the whole framework, the five steps to discover your identity and purpose beyond sports. We say get over sports, discover your purpose, build your dreams. And that build your dreams part is where we we, we talk about elite. How do you put systems and structure in your life? You had them in sports, you just didn't do them. Somebody planned your media. Somebody planned your practices. Somebody planned your classes. Somebody planned workout. Somebody determined what you want to do when. And then you get out of sports and you don't have that anymore. You're like, man, why does life seem so boring? Well, you don't have system and structure anymore. So how do you put those same system and structure in your business and your personal life so that you know that thing is ro- ro- rolling like a like a, um, a well-oiled machine, um, so that uh, <laughs> you you feel like you again. So totally. Well, you know what, I, and I love that your whole the second chance athletes. I mean, the, what you're doing with, with athletes there and the whole framework is awesome. And, you know, it's kind of funny as you're talking and, and I'm reflecting on my life that as much as I didn't want to talk about football anymore, the, the narrative was this, that I go, I just want to be the old grant. Oh, Why can't God. I just be the old grant? Glory and, days. Yeah, man. It was <laughs> like, it, and so I was looking for my second chance, but I couldn't, allow myself because I have this conflict of don't want to talk about it, but internally I just want to be the old dude. I just want to be the man again. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was stuck. And so this, um, what I had to go through and the steps that I went through, I, I created my own second chance. Right. Mm. And so, mm. so I, so I think for me, it's, um, Man, you can still be Grant, man, but it could actually it could be cool to be a different Grant, man. And yeah. I was like, I had somebody say that to me. They're like, why not be a, just a, you're still Grant. You got all the tools. You got all the cool, like, experiences. But just be a different Grant. Grant 2.0, remember, baby. Grant exactly. 2.0. And you know what my answer was, was I can. Yeah. Because I was so stuck on what Grant used to be. Wow. We'll make him bigger and better and happier and joyful and more joyous, man. Let's, let's. So when you're in that mode and you're like. You're redesigning who you are, man. It is freaking, it's fun as shit, man. When you're like, when you're open to it. Yeah. It's scary at first, but when you start, when you got, when you're thriving, you're creating momentum and rhythm. Whew, yeah. It's a, it's a cool experience. Yeah, man. And that, see, that's one thing. And that, to me, the, the next, like, maybe not this year, because I'm, I'm, I'm published a book and we've got some workshops and training and curriculum that we're, we're trying to do and, and, and get out this year. But next year, like, I think that's going to be our number one focus as Second Chance Athletes is rallying people like yourself together to, like, make a a, a thunderous change in this world. Because cause here's how I see it. Like, when I heard, heard you, like, talking about that and we're talking about going from Grant, like, 
old Grant to Grant 2.0, I'm like, man, Grant 2.0, like, still has all the stuff that the old Grant had. Yeah. Like, he's got all the relationships, all the contacts, all the people that scouted you, all the people that believed in you, all the people that wanted your jersey. Like, everybody that, like, like, like people look up to athletes, dude. Like, I don't even, I don't even play anymore. But I, I, I did just lose 30 pounds. And, and so I, I started to work out like 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 what a couple months ago. So now I actually do look look the part. But last year I didn't look the part. And mm. people were still coming up to me. And they respect I, I tell I teach this sometimes um, when they allow me to. Most of the times I got to teach about mental health because that's like a hot topic. But when I'm when they're like, hey, just come talk to us about something. When I talk to current athletes, I say you have automatic influence. Yeah. Automatic. People look up to you just because you can you can suck and have a jersey and people are gonna look up to you. Right. And so and so I want to rally us together and be like, man, let's collectively take our influence and let's like change laws, policies, let's like go eliminate hunger in some part of the world. Like let's do some crazy stuff to really make a change. Because our collective influence, like, is just so powerful, man. It's just so totally. powerful. So Yeah, man. Year three I- soon. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think when you connect all that energy, man, you can really, you, you, it's a tone setter, but it also, it just changes the trajectory of, of people's lives. And I think that's what you're all about, man. It's, uh, I can see it. I can feel it. Before we leave here, though, I have one question that I love to ask everyone, and especially what we've been talking about and all the things that you've gone through. When you reflect on your life, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, but our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, that to me, if we could just really, really just believe that and stop being so afraid, we'll be unstoppable. We'll be unstoppable, man. And and I don't just mean afraid about going after big dreams. I mean afraid about being being you. Yeah. There's such a fear about being you. There's a reason why, uh, what is it, like the, the, the fear of public speaking is greater than the fear of death. There's right. a reason. <laughs> because there's a vulnerability that comes with being you. But I believe we're put here on this earth to be us. That the reason why you don't look the way that I look, sound the way that I sound, talk the way that I talk, is because you're designed to reach people that I can't and will not reach. Mm. And every person is the same. Whether, you know, small calling, big calling, small purpose, that's not the point. The point is you have to learn how to bring 100% of you to the world unafraid, unfiltered. Like, who were you before the world put its hands on you? Yeah. Who were you before you got rejected? That, my friend, yeah. is my, is, 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 is you know, the, the, if I could go back and just be more bold, more courageous, mm. oh my gosh. You want to talk about, like, wh- how far we could be, the what if game. Yeah, right. <laughs> so much further. And so, you know, the good news, man, is I always say this on a positive note, it's never too late to be great. Whether you feel like you're 10 years behind, 20 years behind, 30 years behind, it's never too late. Never. Look at current, look at Colonel Sanders. He <laughs> didn't start till he was 70. Right. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> totally, it's man. Never too, it's never too late. You can always be great. 
start today. Start today. You can, never start, you can never start over, but you can always start today. Totally, man. Greatness to me, man, and excellence, it, it only exists in the now, like right now. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen anybody achieve greatness in the future or in the past. It's mm-hmm. like right now. And, and I'll leave this, that my, my mentor, Graham Betchart, uh, when, he ta- when, you talk, when you brought up vulnerability, man, it's like we've got to be vulnerable. We've got to show up. And we've got to trust ourselves. And we've got to learn how to fail and, and mm-hmm. understand like, the mistakes are part of the process. And we've got to fail up, not fail down. And so he says something that is so beautiful. And you probably will read a book in the near future. And it's called, he always says, victory goes to the vulnerable. So if we want to Love show it. up, right? You want you Love want it. you want to be victorious, man. Like, you want to experience victory, be vulnerable, man. So mm-hmm. it's connected to right to 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 your message and what you've learned about yourself. Now, in closing, how do all my my listeners? How do they connect with you? Follow you on social media? Um, yeah. When your when is your book coming out? All that fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm going to break every marketing rule that they tell you not to do. And, and like they said, give one call to action, right? If you want like one place to look for me, just go to DarylStinson.com. Like it's connected to Second Chance Athletes. You can see uh, the TEDx talk on there. You can see my social media links. Like that's the place to go. Just go to DarylStinson.com. If you're just interested in Second Chance Athlete stuff, just go directly there. Um, like um, we've got uh, assessments. We've got free guides. We've got paid coaching if you want that. So, so head over there. Um, um, it's, it's the rejection thing on my website, the Daryl Stinson, I actually put a rejection to success guide that I think would be really helpful for some people. Even if you're at a place where you're successful and wealthy in life, uh, I still think that there's more gold and treasure in your story and processing your, your moments of rejection. I know we didn't get a ton into that, but you can listen to the TEDx talk. It's out there. And yeah. then just download the the application guide, rejection to success application guide. And it walks you through your journey and helps you to take your greatest moments of pain to produce your highest levels of success. So it's completely free. Just go ahead and download it, man. And and by the way, I'm not even like sending a bunch of emails. So it's not an email list builder. It's just a free resource because people just want to know, learn how to apply the talk. So just go yeah. over there. I'm not going to blast you with 17 follow-up emails. It's free. <laughs> download it. You'll get the guide and that's it. So there it is. Um, go handle it. DarylSinson.com, man. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, man, I can't wait to, to hear the rebroadcast of this episode. I promote it like crazy. Hey, yeah. hit me up on social, Stinson Speaks. Love to connect with you all. Hey, remember to be encouraged. It's never too late to be great. You can always start today. Let's do this. I love it. I love it. Well, Daryl, thank you for your passion, for your energy, your your journey and your story. Your thoughts, I can keep on going, man. Like uh, I can really see and feel you through uh, this microphone. And I just want to thank you for everything and being on my show. And I can't wait to share this with, with the world, man. You're, you're doing great shit. And uh, I'm really excited for you. Love it, man. When the book comes out later this year, maybe we can do part two. Oh, absolutely. All absolutely. Right. You bet. Pre- appreciate it. Peace.